really happy new year. Feeling a, some shifts happening spiritually, some shifts happening in me. I'm excited about this year. I'm, I'm really excited about what it is that God might want to do this year. Um, I, I promised uh, this year no resolutions for myself, only good decisions this year for myself. Sometimes I, I think we get so focused on our failures and, and past uh, resolutions that didn't come about the way that we wanted to, that it, it actually stops us from moving forward. Um, the other day I, I told Jody that, Jody, you need to start embracing your mistakes. I think it was the right choice because she paused and then gave me a big hug. Yeah, I didn't like anything it either. Today we're talking about uh, the power of making decisions. Uh, I'm wondering if you'll humor me just a little bit. Will all of you just raise your left leg? Good. This year I want us to all start off on the right foot and plan for what it is that God has for us. Alec didn't like it. All right. How many of you really do know, believe in your heart that uh, one decision can change your life? Yeah? Some of you? Uh, I'll never forget the left-hand turn that changed Jody in my life. Jody and I had just had Alexander. Uh, he was just a, a baby. I, I was being a lousy husband, a lousy father, spent way too much time at work. Alexander was a, a colicky baby, decided to scream the first eight months of his life uh, all of the time. Uh, and so when Alec was asleep, Jody and I were either napping or arguing. Uh, that was the two things that we, that we did while Alec was asleep. Uh, the marriage was pretty bad. The divorce word was thrown around quite a bit. Uh, back to my left-hand turn one Sunday, Jody and I were, were driving down Kootenai Street. And as I was passing the old Jester's building at the end of Kootenai Street, uh, just turned a quick left into the parking lot and went, Jody, there's this new church that's opened up over here. It says real relaxed, relevant rock music. Uh, we're going to go there. And then we had probably one of the most epic fights that we have ever had in our entire life, uh, where we screamed at each other for about five minutes, every horrible thing that we could possibly think of. And then at the end of it, grabbed our kid, put on our shiny, happy plastic faces, those, I hope no one can tell that we were just arguing on the way here kind of faces, threw those on and walked in the doors. Um... And what we found was something that we hadn't been expecting. We were introduced to Jesus in a way that maybe we had never really experienced him before. We were introduced to, to God and was introduced to God through people who actually wanted to spend time with us, who wanted to connect with us, who wanted to, to love on us, who wanted to journey with us. We, uh, we heard the music, sure, the music was often and it was awesome and, and, the, and, and the, the preaching was, was great. But the, the thing that I, I, I most love was that we had an opportunity to interact with the living Savior. We had an opportunity to experience the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, and, and we heard messages of hope and, and we, we, you know, they helped us learn how to maybe develop our relationship with God. Um, but to be clear, how it is that they did church 
um, wasn't what it was that I was most excited about. It was the fact that the Holy Spirit engaged with us there. Uh, and that changed us. God dealt with some addictions that we had, dealt with some attitude problems that needed adjusting, dealt with some uh, healing from past hurts and, and hang-ups that we were dealing with. And, uh, and, and, and really, as we drew closer to God together, we drew closer to each other at the same time. Changed us into more joyful, more fulfilled, more loving people than we've ever been. Now, do we have it all together? No, heck no, we certainly do not. Not even close. There's lots of things that God still wants to do in us, just to ask our children. But what he did do is he gave us the hope to be able to change. The, the power we recognized didn't come from us. Um, th th that decision to make a left turn changed our lives, changed our kids' lives, changed many other people's lives. Um, one decision can change a life. In fact, I, I want us to realize this morning that the solution to the majority of the problems that we're currently facing are just one decision away. One decision stands between us and a life that God has for us. Take smoking, for example. Smoking isn't good for us. We all know that. My mom smoked all her life up until last year. And I, I love my mom to death. And, and so um, even while she was smoking, so smokers, uh, if you're getting starting to get your back up just talking about smoking, uh, please know that I'm not judging you. I am not. Um, but, but if you're a smoker and you make the decision to stop, according to people much smarter than me, uh, here's what it is that happens to you physically. In 20 minutes, your blood pressure will be returning back to normal. In eight hours, the carbon monoxide levels in your bloodstream drop by half and the oxygen levels return to normal. In 48 hours, all nicotine has left your body and your sense of taste and smell begin to return to a normal level. In 72 hours, your bronchial tubes have relaxed and your energy levels will increase. In one year, your risk of having a heart attack has dropped by half. And in five years, your risk of having a stroke is the same as that of a non-smoker. Now, I understand it is not easy to quit smoking, just like it's not easy to write a novel or to deal with your anger issues or to make a commitment to follow God. It takes a, a consistent effort, a, a daily decision, a decision that each of us can make every, every single day. We have the power to decide. And when you tap into the decisiveness led by God's guidance, your life will never be the same. This morning, I want to I look at some verses that might give us some insight into the decision-making process itself. Um, because in, in many cases, man, I just think we are missing out on what it is that God might have for us just by not making decisions. Uh, when you tap into the power of God's decisiveness, your life will never be the same. So this morning, let's look at four key decisions. The first one is decide to decide. You, you might want to write these down. These are something that you might want to come back to when you have a decision to make in the future. Pull up our app if you want to. I think the, the slides might be in there. But the first thing that we have to do in our decision-making process is actually decide to decide. Now, th this might sound, yeah, duh, 
Um, but I, I think many people get stuck right here. Uh, I know a friend who admitted that he was having trouble making decisions recently. He needed to hire an employee, so he interviewed a bunch of different people, found the right person for the job, but he just couldn't bring himself to make that final decision. Is this the person? Guess what happened? The right person slipped through his fingers, got a job somewhere else, and he's like, oh man, I'm so frustrated. He's like, this isn't the first time that it's happened. I'm not living in the house that I want to live in because at just the crucial moment where I had to put in the offer, I delayed a little bit and decided to put off deciding. And now every day he gets to drive to work looking at the house of his dreams that somebody else is living in. And he's just like frustrated with this idea of, oh, I got to start making decisions. He's like many of us. We don't want to make the wrong decisions. And so as a result of that, we don't make any decision. Oftentimes when you do this, this the decision ends up being made for you and, and not necessarily in your favor. Uh, I think we have to remember that we can't let the fear of making wrong decisions prevent us from making decisions at all. Understand that, that wrong decisions are actually a part of the process that God wants us to engage in. And as we make decisions and make wrong decisions, we'll fail forward. And as we continue to fail forward, that's how it is that we gain wisdom. And I want, I want to say this to everybody. You'll find that most of the time it is easier to recover from a wrong decision than it is to succeed by making no decision. It is easier to recover from a wrong decision than it is to succeed without making any decision. The Bible challenges us, encourages us to make decisions and, and make them in a timely way. Three or four times in Hebrews, we, we hear this from God. Today, you must listen to his voice. On another occasion, the author says, you must warn each other every day as long as it is called today. And again, God said, God set another time for entering into his place of rest. And that time is today. God doesn't want you to put off some of your most important decisions that you have to make with your life for another day. He's challenging, I, th I think, some of us today to make some decisions. That he wants you to start taking action today. You know, my son Alec is leaving here on Wednesday heading out on a mission trip. Uh, we're going to commission him afterwards today. If you want to stay and pray and prophesy for him afterwards, that would be awesome. Um, but he was, he's really been struggling. What am I going to do with my life? What, what am I going to become when I grow up? Um, and, and he's like, I'm not sure. So he went to college for a little bit. And he's like, ah, I don't know if that's really what I want to do. I just want to go and hear what it is that God has for me. So he decided to go on a mission trip for six months. And as soon as he decided to decide... Another person in another town said, Alec, you're going? Oh, I'm going to go. And then my niece said, Alec, you're going? Oh, I'm going to go. And just in the decision to make the decision, it can affect other people around us as well. I think, I think maybe sometimes, unfortunately, too many people say things like, man, I need to make some improvements in my life. There's this area that, that God still wants to get a hold of my life. Uh, maybe it's in my marriage. Maybe it's in my parenting. Maybe it's in my business life. Maybe it's some kind of, uh, of improvements that he wants to do in my life. Maybe it's, I need to get my heart right with God in this area. And I will eventually, maybe tomorrow. A great t-shirt I, I didn't buy is Procrastinators Unite. 
tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe it'll be easier to make the decision then. Now, I get it. We don't want to make an impetuous, ill-informed decision. And I don't think you will if you actually decide to decide. Because when you decide to decide, you're actually going to be willing to do the necessary homework that's involved. The necessary questions are going to be asked. The necessary advice you're going to seek out. The necessary time in prayer you're going to spend on it once you've decided. But I encourage you, decide today not, live, not to live in indecision any longer. Decide to decide. Secondly, decide what you want. <laughs> I don't, uh, uh, these are like mind-blowing this morning. Solomon, uh, the, the richest, wisest guy who ever lived, wrote, what the righteous desire will be granted. But do you even know what it is that you desire? Do you even know what it is that you want? Ben Stein said it like this. The, the first step to getting the things you want out of life is decide what you want. And it sounds obvious uh, beyond the vague desire uh, to be happy. Uh, I think it was Lily Tomlin who, who said, I always wanted to be somebody, but I should have been more specific. With each passing day, as a, another day clicks by in our life, you are becoming a certain type of person. You're becoming that person by the little choices that you make, the little decisions that you make. And are you becoming the type of person that you want to become? With each passing day, with each action you make, you are forming yourself in some way to either align with what it is that God has for your life or align with what it is that the world wants for your life. Is who it is that you're becoming really who it is that you want to be? Is what you're choosing to spend your most precious asset on, your time, your energy, is it really worth the effort that you're putting into it? With each passing day, you're, you're accomplishing certain things, maybe, maybe some things of eternal value, maybe some things of no value. We have to ask ourselves, is this what it is that we really want in life? Are you seeing the results that you want to see in your life? Are you seeing the fruit in your life that you want to see? Are you being purposeful in your actions, in your choices? Do you have a, a God-directed plan? Have you let him number your days and order your steps? I want to say that again. Are you letting God number your days and order your steps? Right? Each and every one of us, after each day, is one step closer to the grave. Did we invest that day wisely? When you start thinking about what it is that you really want, what it is that you really want, you, you start to understand uh, maybe two important things about decision making. First of all, uh, you learn that you don't necessarily want badly enough what it is that you say you want. Right? We're going to learn that pretty quickly. We're, we're all like this in some area of our life. We want to be healthy. But not really enough to actually do anything about it. Not to eat better or to exercise more. We want this, but we don't really want it enough to do it about anything about it specifically. Right? Uh, maybe we want to have a, a good family life. 
But I don't really want to give up that time-consuming habit, that time-consuming hobby that I have to the place where I actually invest the best of my time where it is that I'm called to invest it. We want to change the world, but not enough to really do anything, not, not enough to give an extra amount of money or not enough to give some of our time, not enough to serve in children's ministry. Mm. Those kids are going to change the world. We also learn the second thing that I think we learn uh, about making decisions is that um, many of our wants are in conflict with one another. Come on in. Uh, Many of our wants, the things that we actually say we want are in conflict with one another. That, that we say we want something, but then the other thing that we want is in direct opposition to what it is that we want. Maybe you guys have, have, have seen this before. We, uh, we want to be leaders and servants, but we'd rather spend time on ourselves. Uh, we want to be spiritual, but we also want to hold on to our favorite sins. But we want to be financially successful, but we still want to buy whatever it is that we want whenever we want it. Right? These are two diametrically often opposed things. I, uh, I think each of us uh, need to take this verse into mind, which uh, allows us to be just a little more proactive with what it is that we want. Um, David wrote this, Take delight in the Lord, and he'll give you your heart's desires. Man, that's an important one to memorize for us. Take delight in the Lord, and he'll give you your heart's desires. Putting God first empowers us to prioritize our wants according to what it is that God wants for us. And we can begin to say, okay, maybe I do want what God wants badly enough to not want what I want anymore. (laughs) I want to ask you a question. What do you really want this year? What what do you really, what is one thing that if God was to show up dynamically in your life, what is one thing that you would really want? What is one thing that you would desperately hope for, be willing to lay down your life for in the next year? What is the one thing that you feel like the Holy Spirit is encouraging and challenging you with? How many of you have that one thing that you're, that you're going to focus on this year? How many of you either already had it or just got it? Will you just raise your hand? Yeah. About half of you. I want you to ask yourself now, is this thing important enough to do something about it? Is it in line with the desires that God has for your heart? I really want to challenge you to evaluate yourself, uh, spend some time identifying what really are the desires of your heart. And is, are those desires of your heart because they're God's desires? See, when you know what you want, and when you know what, that what it is that you want is consistent with what it is that God wants for your life, then it becomes a much simpler process. Decide what you want, bring your desires to God, lay them at his feet, and let him open the windows of blessing in your life. 
You know, I love the heart of this church, the mission of this church and what it is that it has been from the very beginning to just simply introduce people to Jesus. Help those people who have been introduced to Jesus learn their identity and then help them to make a difference. Introduce Jesus, learn our identity, make a difference. And, and every once in a while, you know, I, I think sometimes we think of it, I think some people begin to think that our heart for evangelism, our heart for sharing the good news is a, a self-righteous thing. When in fact, I think we have to remember and, and keep it over and over again going in our mind that this is actually a humility thing. Evangelism is just one beggar showing another beggar how to get bread. And I'm so thankful that that's what it is that, that God has called this church to. I'm, I'm really thankful at some point leaders actually decided to do something about it. They decided what it is that they want and then they made to, went to the next step, which is decide to try can you, I, I, I sometimes struggle with wondering, you know, what if those leaders hadn't decided to try and I didn't have that left turn that I could have made? I mean, to be honest, in regards to those people who started this church and the time and the effort and the energy that they put into it, I mean, if they just decided to decide and not decide to actually try, it would have meant a lot less work, a lot less energy, a lot less money a lot less, less time, a lot less kind of like spiritual battle as well, because as we know, you know, leaders in the church are pounded on. Um, but I'm just so thankful that those leaders just couldn't uh, reject God's call on their life. You know, sometimes I, I think what it is that I would most like on my tombstone, if, I, if they decide to get me a tombstone at some point, probably not going to be buried, but if I had a tombstone, what it is that I would like on my tombstone is, at least he tried. At least he tried. So many people plan and scheme and dream and envision, but never shift to trying. We trust God with the results, but we have to try. And you may fail. At least seemingly, it might look like a failure. You know, there are way more failures in this church's past than I think there are successes. And yet, some of them are such successes as a result of being willing to try to fail. I think back to 10 years ago, we started something called the Take the Land campaign, where we felt like God was encouraging us to start to save money towards buying some land. So we raised a bunch of cash, and we had a piece of land figured out. And then after we had raised the amount that we felt like we were supposed to raise, the people who were going to sell us the land backed out and said, sorry, we don't want to sell it to you anymore. We've decided to make it into a dog park. <clears throat> so frustrating. But what that led us to was actually figuring out if we could actually do church in the Key City Theater. And hundreds of people were saved in the Key City Theater. I, I think of this, the goal that we had six years ago to plant five churches in five years. Man, okay, let's just try. We planted one church. Ah, failure. 
I guess. Or if we hadn't even tried, maybe we wouldn't have planted that one. And do I think that we're supposed to continue to, you know, seek what it is that God has for us next in terms of land? Yeah, I do. And do I think that we're supposed to continue to seek to plant churches? Yeah, I do. But are we going to be willing to actually try to move towards those things? That's the, the next step. We, we, we have some things that we want to do this year as a church, and I'm going to talk about those in a couple of weeks' times. But I, I'm sure there, there are things that you might want to see in your life, things that you want to happen in your life. Uh, maybe, maybe they are habits that you want to break. Maybe they're habits that you want to develop, things that you want to accomplish this year, goals that you want to achieve. For some of you, those are just going to remain distant dreams because you haven't made the decision to actually try on that thing, to take a chance. With every decision you make, you risk failure, but you also open the door to the possibility of rewards. You know, hockey legend Wayne Gretzky said, you miss, miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. You've got to try. Connor McDavid said, make what you want to do for the rest of your life the first thing that you do in your day. Unfortunately, I don't think anybody from the Canucks ever said anything worth repeating. <laughs> but I digress. Solomon said it like this. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. He's talking about more than money here. He's, he's reminding us that we actually have to be willing to take action with our lives. We have to be willing to do something about a choice that we're, that we're going to make. I challenge you to think about what it is that you really want in life and then make a decision to try. And then the fourth thing that uh, we need to make as a decision is decide to try again. <laughs> decide to try again ahead of time. Decide to try again. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament is Proverbs 24, 16. For though the righteous falls seven times, they rise Again, how many times? As many times as it takes. The number of completion. Earlier I mentioned the health benefits related to breaking the cigarette habit. But the fact that many people try to, the fact is many people try to quit and don't succeed. Um, but you've also probably heard the number one common denominator about those who successfully quit smoking is an attempt to quit smoking prior. They rarely stop on their first try. They have to try and try again. And this is the key to success in any endeavor. I want to tell you about, about one, of the, one of business's biggest failures. His name was Charles. You can't say that his friends called him Charlie because he didn't really have very many friends as a result of how it is that he lived his life. This guy failed over and over again, failed in business, um, uh, borrowed money from the bank and continued to fail, borrowed money from his friends and failed, borrowed money from his family, failure, failure. And uh, soon he owned, owned, owed money to everybody that he knew. And so he, he was such a, a failure in business that he couldn't pay it back. And, and he felt like he was on the verge of a major breakthrough, but he just couldn't concentrate on developing his ideas because he was constantly being hounded by the people that he owed money to. Um, so he sought protection through bankruptcy laws and uh, failed to keep up his, his payments plan that they made for him. And, and so he was put into jail. 
for two years. And during that time, he was able to really focus on his idea, to develop it, to actually spend some time uh, trying to believe that this thing could be that he wasn't yet seeing. Uh, his business invention had to do with a process for vulcanizing rubber. Charles's last name was Goodyear, and it was his innovations that probably got you here today. Charles Goodyear made a decision to try again as many times as it takes, and his decision ultimately paid off. Can I, can I challenge you this morning to make the same decision with whatever it is that God has placed on your heart? If you want to experience all that God has for you, if you want to accomplish something great with your life, decide now to try as many times as it will take. Solomon said, when the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. Standing firm doesn't mean that we don't fall down. It means that we get back up. It means that our feet are on the solid rock, a bedrock truth, a bedrock uh, vision that God has given our lives. And when we get knocked off, we will get back up. Life is all about decisions. You make hundreds and hundreds of them every single day. Today, we've looked at four decisions that I believe will open the door to God's blessing in your life, four key decisions that will simplify all other decisions that you need to make. And they are decide to decide. Don't get paralyzed by indecision. Decide what it is that you really want. Man, some of you need to do this. Decide what it is that you really want. Don't waste your life on other things. Don't waste your life in distractions. Know what it is that you really want. Know what that thing is that God has put on your heart. Wrestle for it. Fight for it. Wrestle with God for it. Fast. Hear from him. Do not waste your life. Decide now what you really want. And then decide to try. <laughs> Actually try for it. Because you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. And then decide to try again before you even decide to try. That you will try again because success rarely comes with the first swing of the bat. You have to step up to the plate day in and day out. These four decisions will establish a foundation in your life of, of decisiveness. And a life where a life of decisiveness is the key to understanding God's call and will for your life. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you uh, that you're challenging us to wrestle with this. That none of us wants to live a, a life well wasted. We want to live a life well lived. Father, I, I thank you that there are some people here who are, are, are even doing the first step. They're deciding that they do need to decide. They're deciding that that you know what, there are some things that they want to, there's some decisions that need to be made. And then, Father, I, I am thankful that they need to figure out what it is that they want, what it is that you want for them. Father, I just ask that you would mess them up until they've figured it out. That there would be frustration and headache and heartache even until they figure out that one thing that you have for them. 
Father, each of us wants to try, and we recognize that we can't do that on our own. We will desperately need you to achieve this thing. Father, we're, uh, we're willing to do our part, believing that you'll do yours. And we want to have that stick-to-it attitude that believes that, that this thing is going to be about more than just this thing. It's going to be about our character. It's going to be about our relationship with you. It's going to be about loving this world. Father, we are going to decide to try and try and try again. Father, I, I thank you that you're going to give us something that's going to line up with your word. It's going to line up with your character, line up with who it is that you are. Something big and bold and full of faith that is something worth spending our life on. In Jesus' name.